Hello and welcome to Fixing the Optical Problem, where we are trying to not contribute to the optical problem. I'm Zach Kastner, ABOAC, owner of Shorewood Opticians in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and your resident sloptician. Joined as ever by Matthew Smith, otherwise known as That Glasses Guy, and owner of That Glasses Guy Optique. Matt, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing wonderful. We just had a nice little holiday. Everybody's hopped up in the house, and now we're coming to have a fun little chat about progressive lens technology. So if you want to give us a little intro on how progressive technology has advanced over the last, what, two decades, I think we decided. Let's roll into that and have some fun. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to start. I mean, progressives, what, invented 1914, something like that, 1918 originally. Someone out there can correct me. I, I don't have the date in front of me. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, weren't really popularized until the 1950s, though. Um, from 1950 through about 2000, probably, they were traditionally cast lenses, which means that your progressive was on the front side, and we cut your prescription into the, in front of my camera here, into the back of the lens, basically. Um, basically the same way we would cut into a single vision lens. Since the invention of freeform, thanks to Carl Zeiss, um, a little bit different now. It's more run through a algorithm where we plug in your prescription data, frame data, um, and we build a lens around that. So we did that first, then we did ray tracing. Most companies use some form of ray tracing. And now we're even moving beyond that a little bit. And one of my favorite companies to work with, I work with several, uh, does a volume of space model instead, uh, which is has been very good for me and my clients for the last year and a half, year now. I think they've had it out for about a year. Um, mm, two years for the early adopters. Okay. So one to two years, depending on what lab you were using, give or take a little bit. I saw that, by the way, but our viewers did not. So that's about how they've changed in the last 20 years. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what a progressive is? You know, I have clients that come in, and I'm sure that you do as well, that basically are mortified by the idea of going into a progressive because their aunt, their friend, their sister's husband's third cousin twice removed had a progressive one time and they couldn't adapt and it was the worst thing that ever happened to them. They fell down 13 flights of stairs and their life is ruined. I, you know, I'm making this as dramatic Just to as point possible. Out, there is, there is no 13th floor. So they fell down 14 flights of stairs because 13 is just bad luck in general. Okay. Now that I've got oh. that off my chest. Yeah. I mean, Progressive lenses are the horror story of optical, right? It's like we sit around campfires at night with a little flashlight and go around and, oh, this is the worst thing ever. This person, we fit them in a progressive and they fell down 13 flights of stairs, apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. You have this one person that has an awful experience because either the lens design wasn't a fit for them, the fit wasn't a fit for them, which we see all the freaking time or just the overall experience wasn't what they expected. The expectations weren't set for them when they actually sat down to do that fitting and go into their progressive lens for the first time ever. And they're a plus two with a 250 ad power. And it's just this nightmare scenario that never should have happened in the first place. They'll tell every single person they've ever seen how horrible these progressive lenses were that they tried on this one time. And now they've been handed the dreaded prescription that has the little ad power in the bottom. My doctor said I need to get progressives now, and I just don't know about it, and I'm upset about it. Yeah, well, 
we can fix all of that. Uh, it's very rare we can't today with the newer advances in technology, like Zach was talking about, freeform processing essentially amounts to being able to use these algorithms to really refine the processing against the back surface of the lens to where we can control how light passes through almost every point on that lens surface now. Uh, the volumetric approach Zach was talking about, we haven't really seen the mass applications of that digital ray path we've seen in the gaming world, or not digital ray path, but digital ray tracing to build up those reflections. Well, the same kind of a process is used because you want to take that little point of light, see how it passes through an object to get to another object. And it really refines these, uh, we don't use the naughty word of distortions in my shop, but that's really what it comes down to is how the distortion happens as you get away from that optical center. As you and I both know that distortions don't exist. It is oblique mm. astigmatism, but we can go much more in depth on that at another time. Um, I do ah. want to touch on one thing that's not, and we're going to go a little off script here for just a minute because neither one of us have talked about it. It never happens. Yeah, right. We never go off script. Um, and people who have watched all of these videos know that that is not the truth. Um, digital manufacturing and digital lenses. There is a massive, massive misconception on what those mean. Um, I remember, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I still hear it to this day, that when I was first studying the industry, I thought that a digital lens was cut with a laser. That's not true. A digital lens is just cut with a diamond-tipped blade, and it's basically run through a computer program instead of being cut on a traditional generator. So you do get more complex curves out of it. It is better, arguably. And again, we can talk more about that in a minute. But it is not some magical process that when you walk into a shop and someone goes, oh, we only sell digital, so it's cut with a laser and it's perfect. It, they're better, but it's not it's not perfect. I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit, but that's kind of my little rant about digital lenses. No, I think that's good enough on digital lenses for now. I, I hate the whole digital nomenclature in general, just because it's so bastardized today. You don't really even know what you're getting. Yeah, I can get you that ovation from 40 years ago and it's a digital lens. Okay. But you know, the cast one's better, but whatever. <laughs> In some situations, especially if it was previously a cast lens, it probably is better originally as a cast lens rather than being re-released as a digital design. And there's reasons for that. But again, that's getting a little too deep. Um, tying into that, though, is newer better? You know, we're talking about this new technology. We're talking about how it's changing. Is it better for everyone? Oh, I'm supposed to answer that. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm asking you now. <laughs> you just got my oh, rant. Oh, you're going to let me go off on that rant. Much appreciated, Zachary. So we've actually talked about this a few times, so it's funny that we're actually doing this live now. So is better better? Is better best or is best better? Is that even the right selling model? You go in a shop now and you ask, what are your progressive lenses? Okay, well, we've got these three options. It's kind of the good progressive, the better progressive, and the best progressive. What's really, really funny, and nobody will tell you this, except for here on this channel where we don't give a shit, is that a lot of times and a lot of cases, especially for your first progressive and early on, you know, so you've got a lower set of parameters for the prescription, all of your fitting parameters are well within the standards. That 
good option can actually work better than the best option. So ah, it's, it's a wonderful little situation of upselling that doesn't always amount to anything. And their best package might not actually be a best package. It could be a combination of lens material and lens design that really don't work super well together. And you've just got in your head that it's going to be the best option there is. So I need to make this work or it's just not going to work after that. But it's <sighs> expensive. So it must work. Mm -hmm. Super expensive. I think some of those are more expensive than what I sell. And it's just <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. You know, that good, better, best model. I, I don't love it because I'm big on fitting progressives based on lifestyle and prescription. So mm -hmm. not everything, if it's more expensive, makes it better. Um, you know, certain progressives just don't do well with high myopes or high hyperopes. So people who have either plus or minus prescriptions, and I just said that backwards. I know that. Um, I'm just making sure that Matt doesn't yell at me here. Um, yeah, you know, different shapes of progressives, different designs, how we use them, where we utilize them. It, it's all very important. And a lot of times our best, quote unquote, best progressives, most expensive ones, have a traditional hourglass shape, um, especially the most overhyped lens on the market currently. I won't name names, but you know you can walk into probably seventy percent of shops in the country, and they will tell you that this is the best progressive that's ever been made. It's so wonderful, it's all amazing, and it's upside down. It's made wrong, and I will take that to my grave. So you know, just being educated on what is good for you and why it's good for you is what's important. So distance-based designs, near-based designs, um, barrel-shaped, L-shaped. We can go on and on here, but Matt's giving me the look that I need to cut it out here pretty quick. Not so much that. I, I just think uh, the shape of the barrel is an interesting topic all its own. Maybe we should save that one for another day. Barrel shapes are good. They've got... Uh... There's not many of them on the market, and there's not much. Uh, that's not right how I want to phrase that. It has, mm -hmm. it has very specific uses, and it is the best for those uses by far. But it's not the, it's not something that you fit on every single person who walks into your shop. Exactly. That's why lifestyle questions matter, right? How that channel is shaped and designed has everything to do with how that lens is going to perform for the end user. If you put everybody in a barrel. 90% of them are going to hate you, but that one, those 10% that love it will wonder how life ever existed before you. <laughs> yeah, I would only argue that it's 10% because it's a, it's how they're using it more than anything. Else. Yeah, see, it's oh, right there. <laughs> you know, not everyone required has those needs, but yeah, it, it's good. I've been fitting more and more lately, especially with the new IoT version that came out. That lens. Woodworkers? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Don't have a big, uh, not a big part of my my clientele, but I said it was a small section. You did. <laughs> you did. You you're not wrong. So I think one of the most important takeaways here is using a progressive as designed. And if you're on the consumer side of things, Matt, do you have any tips for them to make sure that they're asking the right questions here to to get the right progressive? You know. If um, someone walks in, they've got their first prescription from their doctor, they've got a 150 ad, they're told, you know, 
They're having a little bit of hard time seeing the computer screen. Their arms just not quite long enough to see their phone anymore. How do we how do we make sure that these people aren't going out into the world and getting sold on something that is not the right fit for them? I mean, at a 150 ad, I'd argue you could almost do anything and it's going to be okay. But in more general terms, yeah, it's it's a very tough topic. And I run into this with people on my channel all the time because they're like, hey, I've had this set of problems you're talking about in this video. How do I get something better? And, you know, I think that's kind of the question we're all here for, right? Is figuring out how to make it better for everyone on both sides of the table. And I don't feel like there's a really super easy way for the consumer to figure that out because unless they're specifically saying to the optician, hey, what kind of progressive are you using? And they're not just spitting out a brand name. You don't really know what you're getting. Even the brand name designs are a hundred different things at this point. <sighs> I don't know. That's a whole rant I could go off on, Zach. What do you do in that situation? You know, I think the most important thing is asking your optician. And if you are the optician, it's asking the right questions. So when you're sitting down or being sat down and starting to talk through lens options, you know, you should be finding out either. So I'm going to talk from the consumer side here. You know, how do you use your eyes, right? That sounds like a stupid question, but do you do lots of driving during the day? Are you on a computer for 10 hours a day and don't want a second pair? That's another topic that we'll talk about. But, you know, these are important oh, yeah. questions that we need to we need to kind of touch on. You know, how much do and you on need? that when your optician says, how do you use your glasses? Don't say they're on my face all day. All right, cool. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I gathered you're a minus six. You don't have an option. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, do you knit? You know, do you play video games? Do you are, are you a coach? You know, whatever. There's there's tons of different things do you play racquetball or pickleball or any of those kinds of things probably not racquetball that you should be wearing safety glasses for that um you know and based on that the optician should be basically looking at it and going okay well based on these things that you're telling me i would recommend this and don't be scared to ask why now i'm an optician that i offer the why right away partially because i like to have build that confidence that people will know my reasoning behind it that I'm not just plucking something out of my brain and saying, hmm, this one sounds good today. I haven't given that uh, that company any of my money, or this consumer's money lately. Let's do that. No, it's okay. Well, you uh, you drive for a living and you like to spend time outdoors. So you're definitely using your di you know, 20 feet and beyond regularly. We should be putting you in something that's kind of like a T-shaped design because that will give you edge to edge clarity. We are not talking about materials today, Matthew. We are not. I heard that whisper. We are not doing it. Save it. Take notes for once. But yeah, you know, just different shapes for different people. And I think that's really important. So if the optician can't give you a reason why, that to me is unfortunately a red flag. Uh, I'm going to get flack, I'm sure, from the industry when they watch this video. But you need to be able to know what you're selling and why you're selling it. Um, and the marketing is not a reason why. Anything to add there, Matthew? No, I think you covered that extremely well. If I add anything to that, it's going to go bad. So We know. <laughs>
any closing thoughts you want to give people for progressive lenses here and and letting them kind of know to not be scared to go into this you know if you're if you're getting your first progressive lens or you've had one bad experience before that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all going to be bad it's probably yeah, more definitely just you know my my aunt my cousin my sister's best friend's brother-in-law's secondary sister through blood <laughs> marriage whatever had a bad experience i don't care their eyes aren't yours you're using them differently you know it may just be like we talked about very early on it was a bad fit for them maybe it wasn't maybe they just have a particular set of circumstances that don't work super well in a progressive and more likely the case was that they needed more than just that everyday all day long progressive they needed something else to go along with it which is a great topic for another day setting up those multiple pairs for your various situations we can hop into that another time but uh yeah I, I just don't be afraid of progressives and specifically don't be afraid to ask your optician the what the why the how this works and how it's going to be an experience for me because at the end of the day with everything the experience matters and it is how you interact with the world for 16 to 18 hours a day on average for most people so it is very important and those of us that care we actually don't mind going through and doing that <laughs> it creates absolutely. less problems for all of us absolutely the optician you know it's hard, right? Because there are shops that are just so unbelievably busy that it's hard to take the time. And I get it. I, I, I do. I've been there. But it's not necessarily a long conversation that you have to have with someone. A lot of times it's it's pretty quick that you can, oh, yeah, you can do it wise. three minutes. Mm -hmm. And as a consumer, your time, your dollar is worth those three minutes. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts besides that? Or should we let people get on with their day? I think that's covered. We've gone on here for a while. <laughs> no shock there. We like to rant and ramble on this channel as you guys have all been figuring out. Thanks again for listening to Fixing the Optical Problem. Matt, we can find you at your channel, which for the life of me is escaping me. It's That Glasses Guy, correct, on YouTube? Oh, my God. Yes, yes. That Glasses Guy on YouTube. That Glasses Guy 03 on Instagram. And pretty much just that glasses guy on every other channel out there that I can get my little grubby mitts on the hashtag and name on. Yeah. And you guys can find me primarily here on Fixing the Optical Problem. Leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, get in touch with us, let us know what you think. Uh, and if you disagree with us, let us know. We'd love to we'd love to talk about it and let you know. Why Maybe we can right. get you on the channel and have that fun. <laughs> hey, we might. We might. Don't hesitate to reach out. Um, like I said, leave a like, leave a comment. If you're listening to us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Even if you don't like us, give us five stars and tell a friend. Stealing that from uh, a good industry veteran. Thank you very much for that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great rest of your day.